Oh, hey there travelers. Welcome back to the end of the seven dice. I am so damn tired. We have been trying to keep this portal open and how to stabilize it. We've had some people go through, but we haven't heard back, so that's really not good news. But yeah, uh, I need to go back in the kitchen. People are starting to show up. Tents are starting to fill up sanctuary. A lot of people are funneling here and they want answers. So why don't you go over there and speak to old wing over. Hey there, travelers. It's me, Wing Over Gimbal, famous gnome bard. I can't believe Michael called me old Wing Over. I'm young, at least in spirit. It's been shit, I'll admit, holding this portal open. I get to sleep and uh, I managed to put in enough power to these artifacts to hold it, but... Oh, oh my goodness, travelers. I just need some help. Well, if you needed help, why didn't you just say so? But not? Again? Oh, Wingover, of course I'm here. I'm here to help stabilize the portal. You're missing something. Okay, but like, aren't we fighting right now? Aren't all the Chosen and all the different militaries out there and they're, they're battling and, and trying to kill all the people in the Church of the Shining God? Oh, well, that's something that's going on to be certain. But we're good friends that want to come over here and lend a helping hand. I'm also interested in the portal, so if you don't mind, if I can help stabilize this and maybe take some of the weight off your shoulders, then perhaps I can go through the portal as well. Uh, shit. All right. Okay, fine. I, only because I, I really can't do this on my own and I'm so tired. If you have a way to make this way easier, then... All right, but only you, none of the other creepazoids that I can follow the Church of the Shining God. None of the rest of them, they all, they can all stay here in their, their shining world. All right, that works with me. So the thing you were missing here is, I'm just gonna take a piece of chalk. You forgot the outer circle, which helps stabilize everything here and there. to hold the spell. This was never a concentration spell. This was a, a ritual to be cast. You were kind of at the last stage of the ritual the entire time. What? That doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't they put that in the book? They did. It's only other... Look, flip. Right there. Well, how were they supposed to know they had a single paragraph on the next page? Oh. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Bernard, can you help us out here? Can you read this pamphlet? Battlebard left it. They were the first ones to go through the portal, and we haven't heard back from them, so... Oh, I do not mind. Head on over to battlebards.com if you want to enjoy some wonderful sound effects. Some, maybe, healing magics they got there. There's a, some singing in the elven vale. Even a, a gnomish celebration. Why don't you head on over to battlebards.com and get some wonderful sounds for your game. How was that? That works, but now that works. Okay, Travis. <sighs> Our soldiers are all fighting in the war. A death shift has managed to sneak past Dorham's hordes. Now, they get ready to face off 
against Father Matthews. I bring to you the War for Existence, Part 2. Hey, I'm Bright, and I'm playing Kalsar, the Tiefling Paladin and Chosen of Yetifa. Hi, uh, I'm Humberto, and I'm playing Bordon, Dwarven Cleric and Chosen of Time. I'm Evan, and I'm playing Ronnie, the Half-Elf Bard and Chosen of Chaos. Hey, I'm Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Gith Yankee Ranger and Chosen Blood. Hey, I'm Jason, and I'll be playing Drax here. The Dragonborn Artificer and Chosen of Machines. on Battle of the Seven Dice, our heroes had just managed to escape a horrible battle. The armies of Dorum Highfire charged against the armies that were trying to save all of existence. Many of the Chosen fell, and many great heroes were lost that day. But two of Dorum's main leaders, Ethix the Dracolich and the Ringmaster, were slain. As the forces clashed, Deathshift managed to use an airship to get past most of the enemy army and make it up to the tower, the Tower of Pelgrith, the Unclean. This ivory tower was one solid piece of marble, and as they made it to the tower they realized that they may not necessarily be able to break into it, but then suddenly the doors opened. The party charged forward, and the door sealed behind, behind you in an eerie quiet, quiet to took go. over. You hear... Finally. Looking around, you see you're in this stark white hallway. It marches down forward. There are doors on either side. There are these bloody footprints that lead all the way up. You see there is this door at the very end of the hallway opened, and you see stairs leading up further up the tower. The uh, footprints are from like a man, an ogre, or... It looks like a man. Okay. They're kind of like a almost like it looks like they might have been drunk or something. Like, it's very chaotic how they're walking around. I don't want to waste any more time. I mean, but Yolanda is here. Yeah. Yolanda. No. Your princess is in another castle. Oh my god, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) If you wish to get to your sister, Borodon... And you'll have to go through me. Let's go, Borodon. Can I use my ability, uh, Detect Portal? Yep. You're looking around. This whole place, first of all, lights up like a fucking Christmas tree. Like, there's so much energy, like, mm-hmm. extra planar energy in here. It is unreal. But you don't see any kind of portal activity here. Okay. You do all recognize this as the tower that Dorum and her companions came to when you saw that, that vision? that the king in yellow gave you they went into the basement it was like a, a cellar and but you don't see the the door to that basement 
but you you do like recognize this this interior of the tower like this stark whiteness this it's almost like a clinic like a, a weird or sci-fi sort of vibe where everything is too pristine so lucas what happens if i try to meld into stone with the ground you could totally do it would i just go through yeah you just keep going think of it like a fish swimming in water right so you, you you'd just be able to move through the ground I don't know if I should do that and just go alone. So can <laughs> can I just pop, pop my head inside the ground? Sure. Okay, so it, like I, I would have to use meld into stone as a ritual, which would take me ten minutes. You, you could sit here for ten minutes <laughs> to cast the spell if you'd like. <laughs> do you guys think we should follow? Just follow the bloody steps. Hey gang, let's split up and look for clues. <laughs> yeah because that always goes well well I can just look through it with like a chaos power thing instead of bored on spending 10 minutes I don't know yeah you, you could use your ability to uh, to peer through like because you remember where they went for this door but you just don't see it there it just looks like a blank wall alright well, I'll give it a shot so you march on over there and using your powers this chaos distorts you kind of like open it up like a window where there would normally be this stone. It's weird because it moves away like it's just putty. And looking through, you see like this cold air meets you and you see these stairs. It looks like there's a, a heavy level or a heavy layer of like dust and stuff in here. Doesn't look like anything's been disturbed for a while. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't Not really useful, but all right. So you do see the stairs going down to the basement though. See the stairs down there. Let's, uh, I don't know. I guess we have to bash the wall if we want to just go through here. Unless I've made a portal big enough for to actually step through. You could probably, like, shimmy your way into it, like, squeeze into it. Bordon could, MZ, but Kelsar and Draxir would have a hell of a time. And you don't need, you don't think you can get Uhtred through that. All right, so do we split up and half go through here? <laughs> or do we, uh... You know, we split up a lot, but I think this is a bad place to split up. For once, I think we really need to stick together here. Yeah, honestly, this is the worst place to... Yeah. Don't forget that Matthews is that Matthews is in this tower. I was going to take everything we have. Okay, well, how hard would it be to knock down this wall? To, you could knock down this wall. I mean, hell, you could probably just blow it up with a spell. Like, a, It looks like it's maybe like two feet thick. Oh, wait, wait. Lucas, I can actually use stone cutting. Yes, that's going to be, I think, the second time. You've used that like four times. I've edited your, your audio. I know when you use this ability. Uh, <laughs> four times. Okay. Yeah, you, you can... So I'm going to use... Again. What would you like to figure <laughs> out about this this stone? So I'm going to see if there is like a, there is like a loosened stone. Or something that I can press, you know, like a hidden button. Roll me uh, an investigation with advantage. Oh, and and I, of course, I use guidance on myself. <laughs> Wouldn't be a day that ends in Y without it. <laughs> Twenty-nine. Oh my God! So you're looking around here, and you know you're you're tapping <laughs> at the stones. This all seems like one perfect slab, so it's it's really strange. But finally, you find this rune work, this sigil, and your hand goes over it, and you just sort of press on it. 
and just leak like a little bit of divine power to charge it up. You watch the sigil light up and this this doorway, this line of white light just creates this door and then the stone just sort of melds back into itself. And now you have a doorway leading into this this basement. You see these stairs are going down and they're all covered in dust. You see like this cold air is coming up towards you. Cool. So, Kalsar, you want to take the lead? Yeah, sure. You start marching down into this basement. You remember from the memory of what uh, Dorm had done. This is this is where she went. You're going down here, marching. You hear your steps echoing. You hear this voice once again echo out from all around you. Why are you in the basement? What are you doing down there? As you're just walking along. The question is, why aren't you? I'm at the top of the tower. I was watching the fight. I'm just sitting here with old Dumathoin. Thoradon? Nope, let's, let's march on. You don't want to go help Dumathoin. You have, like, we have to find the, the necrotic cradle, and if the necrotic cradle is in the basement, then maybe, I mean, it was healed, then maybe we'll have a chance. Uh, Alright. So you keep marching on, and you're going down there every so often, like Matthews is making some little quip about all of you. And uh, you're you're going through, and the walls start turning more into like a hewn earth, like a, it was going from this beautiful marble to now like an earthen. And you're walking along these steps. You make it down to this base. You see the ground is covered in this strange, purplish substance. It almost has a heartbeat. It's just beating along. And you see, like, the the walls around here, it's all just roughly hewn earth, this little circular chamber. It's maybe 30 feet in diameter, and there is just, like, a soft glowing circle in the center that you, that MZ, you can tell this is a portal of some sort. Okay, I'll let the guys know, like, this is definitely a portal. Can you identify what kind of portal is it? If you make me a survival check, I can let you try. Okay. Uh, 14. You know, you're not sure where this portal goes, but you definitely know it needs a key. Like, it's missing a component of some sort. Okay. I will relay that to uh, the guys that... uh, It's definitely a portal. I don't know where it goes, but we need some sort of a key or mechanism. I don't know. Something to open it. I'm going to assume that Matthews has it. You remember seeing Dorum and her group come down here to open a portal? And they had some sort of white stone that uh, seemed familiar to MZ and Kelsar. Oh, you guys have that stone, right? Do I have it? I just kind of look at Borrowed on Funny. Um... Don't look at me funny. Don't look at you funny. <laughs> <laughs> MZ, you remember that you you did have the white stone when you went home. Well, you, you remember you met your brother and he had it and he wanted to use it and you refused to let him use it and you kept it on your person. That's right. I look at Borrowed on Funny and then I pull Stop. the white... <laughs> <laughs> I pull out the white rock. You go to pull out where you know you kept this rock, and there's nothing there. You have the cloth, but the rock isn't there. Yeah, I wondered if you were going to check for that eventually. 
fellowed around Haymore. I had a hell of a time getting back from there, I can say that much. Why don't you show yourself? Okay, can we stop dicking around with this stupid portal and kill Matthews now? I told you. Climb the stairs. I'm up top. No, just- let's just go upstairs, Christ! It's really hard helping you all save the world. I mean, it's not like it's a trap, right? I mean, I'm gonna try to kill you, but... <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm being very upfront. <laughs> There's gonna be, like, some very obvious bear traps on the stairs or something. Yeah, please die here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll start going up the stairs. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm just going up the stairs. Like, you guys want to stick around with the stupid portal? Fine. But like, we're, we're any every minute we waste, more people are dying out there. You start marching up these stairs again, and you hear this voice. You ever wonder why so much stuff keeps happening around all of you? Why the horn was at MZ's homeworld? A harp in Draxir's? Why Ronnie had the drum? I kind of just thought that was on brand for what's been going on in our entire lives, but indulge me. Well, I needed someone strong enough to face off against Doran. You see, I'm just here to pick a few things up. Try the odd thing, and I've seen these chosen losing time and again. So, I picked a few of you. And decided to hedge my bets. And now you, you've made it up to the first floor. And you're starting to go towards the the first floor stairs. Heading up. And this voice is still just echoing out. So I thought, what can I grab? Well, there was the last Nephilim that was being held by that shitty light bulb. And just going to be used as a flesh suit. So I figured, why not grab that one? We had the last line. The true, pure line of Gith. And he was just sitting there hunting a lithid. Some useless scouting job. So I grabbed that one. And now you've made it onto the second floor. And looking here, you see that it's uh, once more very similar to the first. Except the, the hallway kind of like snakes along. And there's more of these bloody footprints that are everywhere that are leading further up. And then I figured, well... Might as well find out where this disruptor was. And Doran was killing off Ronnie's like it was going out of style, so... I managed to find one of them, mess around with Doran a little bit, and... What do you know, we got ourselves a Ronnie. So what would you guys like to do on the second floor? You see, it's once again, there's doors along the side, and this hallway is snaking along. I want to keep going forward. Okay. Yeah, we just keep on up the stairs. As we're going, can I just open one of the doors and just see, like, what's in one? Yeah. I'm just a little curious. So you open up one of these doors, MZ, as you're walking along. The stench of blood and gore hits you immediately. You recognize some of these people in here. They've been ripped apart, bodies split open... There's those egg sacs that were starting to form around them that were ripped and tossed and splattered against the wall. You see in here the corpses of about eight chosen soldiers that were of the unique, like, splinter groups like how you, Death Shift, operate. And you remember that Astoria told you that two groups went ahead to try to scout out the tower. I just closed the door. Ah, yes, they came in trying to start the party early. 
But as I was saying, I grabbed the last of the Gith line. I grabbed the last Nephilim. I grabbed the last damn disruptor. Seems like everything was being pulled off the shelves. So I needed a few more to make this recipe work. I found the smartest being in Haymore. Did you ever think about that, Draxir, how strange it was? You were able to work a computing system into a robotic creature that you made and gave sentience in a world that still struggles with steam-based technology. Mm-hmm. I never really thought twice about it. It just seemed like another automaton. And there you were, working some garbage job while people, not even half as smart as you, were sending you off to war. So I thought this one would work. So I tagged you as well. Then, I just needed the last piece. And you guys start marching up the stairs of the second floor. And coming onto the third floor, this room looks completely totaled. There are like broken walls everywhere. Nothing leading outside or anything, just like walls that would have been to other rooms. You see the bloody footprints lead through the debris. And there is this blizzard that's going on in this room. And you see there is this person, they have the chosen mark on their left hand, this dragonborn, and he's holding this sword into the ground. These ruins are all over it. And he has, like, the symbol has creeped up his arm, it's creeped up his chest, and it's just at the base of his skull, looking like it wants to itch forward just a little bit. You see blood is pouring out from his mouth as this winter blizzard is just erupting in here, and you see frozen all near him are three humanoid figures just coated in ice. And he he doesn't, like, he seems so concentrated on this spell, he doesn't even seem to notice all of you. Um, (laughs) Can we just keep moving forward? Sure. Are we, like, affected by the spell at all? No, it's just, it's cold in here. Think of it like it's, like, minus 15 in here. Oh, so it's pretty warm. Yeah, it's not too bad. You're all geared up. You're all right. <laughs> we got our parkas on. You just march past this guy? There's nothing we could really do. Yeah, might as well. I guess so. You start crunching through this snow towards the, the last set of stairs leading up. And this this chosen looks up, his eyes like blearily. He's staring at all of you. He says, shatter them. Shatter the corrupted. And then... You need to take me out. I'm about to turn. I'll put my blade through his throat. Your blade goes right through his throat. You see like his eyes go wide. You watch as the symbol starts creeping up his face and this, this flesh sack starts like forming on his back and like creeping a little bit forward. And you watch as cracks in the ice start to form on these these three beings that are frozen around him. What would you like to do? Warhammer. Yeah, you could, you could just smash the, the, the ice statues. Yeah, I'll just hack and slash. So you just take care of these beings. You just shatter the three frozen ones into pieces before they can crack out. And this one who was holding on to this rune sword was standing there. And you just, as this, the, the flesh sack was starting to form over him, you just brought a hammer down on his head. To stop it from completely taking over him as his body just falls down to the ground. Matthew's voice goes, Oh, I forgot about that one. My bad. 
time's kind of broken here. Bringing in this god that manipulates time can really have a bit of an effect. And now this, this runic blade is just stuck into the ground, and there's these four bodies. Could someone use the runic blade? It just looks like a longsword. Probably not stronger than mine, but maybe one of the other characters can use it. I don't know. Uh, I'll try to pull it out. Yeah, you pull it out with ease. You swing it a few times. You feel like there's magic coursing through this thing. It is a plus two longsword. You know, like, just, like, kind of intuitively, there's some kind of additional effect on top of this blade, but you don't know what. Okay. MZ, let me see that sword, and I can tell you about its properties. Okay. And I'm going to cast an, an identify. This was actually submitted by one of our Patreons supporters. He wanted his character to die here. <laughs> <laughs> this is a plus two longsword, and it has the ability to cast. Like when when you're attacking with it, the ability to fire off a spell at random. It'll be fire, ice, acid, or just like a an arcane force. And this blade, it seems to have like a bit of a fault to it. So if you choose to use the ability to cast off one of these random elementals with the sword while you're attacking, it has 75% chance to grant a level of exhaustion because it drains from you, or the 25% chance just, uh, it just seems to call out. You're not, you're not sure what, what would answer this call. 75% chance to fire off the spell? No, so if you swing the sword, you can choose to fire off uh, one of the spells. Mm-hmm. So it'll be either fire, ice, acid, or arcane force damage uh, on top of your normal attack, but it has a 75% chance to grant a level of exhaustion to you. Let's say it's to the person it's hitting, because otherwise it seems like it's a, a bit of a cursed effect, right? You, you almost never want to cast a spell, because we don't even know, like... Ed, if I got this wrong, I'm sorry. This is what we're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what it'll do is it'll grant a level of exhaustion to the creature it's hitting. 75% chance. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Pretty nifty. Just to kind of make sure that we don't have it too crazy. So the level of exhaustion will be like a constitution saving throw uh, that the creature has to make. Okay. Or else you could literally just kill it four times, making it too tired. I wonder how this will work, because <laughs> I still have that unholy blade plus this. Maybe I'll be able to do some damage. Yeah, those are pretty powerful. You're holding this sword and swinging it, and like it, it's powerful. Drax, you're looking over it like this. This chosen had one hell of a blade right here. Yeah, so I'll, I'll hand it back to MZ, and I'll just say it seems when you swing the sword, you can cast a random spell, and also it pulls energy out of whatever you're attacking. Before I help myself to the sword, does anybody else want it? Like, what's everybody use as a weapon? I mean, I got a plus two holy long sword that pretty much does that every turn. I have a, like, a frost war hammer that I didn't, like, swing a lot. You usually use it to destroy <laughs> environmental items than, than a, an enemy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Drax here, what do you use? I just have my trident. I could use that sword. It wouldn't hurt. Here. Now you have the sword, the, there's the last set of stairs, these bloody footprints are leading up towards it. This winter wind is like calmed down and the, 
the temperature is starting to rise in here as you're watching this ice and snow start to melt. Uh, what would you like to do? I want to keep going. So you start marching towards the last set of stairs. And so I needed one last, one, one last piece to this puzzle. And there he was, the Dwarven Prince. Someone who I could use as a conduit. A conduit because where you're going, time, time has twisted beyond recognition. And you start walking up these stairs, and at the top of the stairs, it's no longer this area that you that you were used to, this, this white tower. You come up to this floor, you're met with the smell of fresh air, the sounds of birds chirping, a stream in the background, a massive tree juts out of the grass and dirt-covered floor. It stands at least a hundred feet tall. It doesn't make sense in this room, and it seems incredibly old. A number of other trees surround you on either side. Strange orbs of blue light the size of a car float in this area. At the far end of this strange room sits Father Matthews. He grins at you, his yellow broken teeth showing blood dribbling down his chin. His skin looks too tight for his body as though something larger lurks underneath. His gray, bristly beard and hair jut out in all directions, spotted with blood. Kneeling at his feet is a very tired and old-looking dwarf. The dwarf looks up weakly at all of you, and just as his eyes meet yours, Bordon, he smiles. And it's just as you hear the sound of his fingers snapping. And you watch as Dumathoin, the god of secrets, knowledge, the dwarven guide to your people, you watch as his head explodes. Bordon, you feel a wave of energy rush into you. Right now, when you have to roll to attack with a magical attack, you gain advantage. You feel this energy pouring into you, and Matthew stands up, his bones cracking. I needed someone. Someone to be the conduit for time. And Borodon, you were perfect. So now you... You are my god of time. You watch as these ghouls sort of, like, rise up from the ground. They're standing, the dirt and debris are falling off, and they were just lurking beneath. And they're hissing and howling and clicking, looking your way. And Matthew smiles, looking at all of you. All right, let's see if these chosen are up to my task. There's these strange spheres of energy that are floating in this area. And everyone make me an insight check. Matthews has a bit of a green thumb, so, you know, that's why. Yeah. He's uh, he's really good in horticulture. 17. 18. 10. Got 12. 4. <laughs> I got a crit miss. Oh, this, that, that just makes sense. <laughs> so, Kelsar and Draxier, the two of you notice that the two ghouls further in, they're about maybe 15, 20 feet away, they seem to be avoiding that orb, that uh, ball of energy that is floating in the air. Hmm. Just something that you notice. The ghoulish one is standing up and stretching. You hear these bones cracking. 
this tight skin, like his eyes are almost bulging outward. Yeah. This massive gray beard, scraggly gray hair. And he has this armor on. You saw this armor once before when they had attacked New Dawn and Dorum dropped meteors on it. Yeah. He, it's this tarnished, it looked like it once was this very shiny golden armor, but now it's tarnished. It's giving off like a bit of a glow. And he's hefting this mace in one hand, and you see this black energy is rippling around it. Well, all the pieces are in place. Are you ready to prove yourself, Death Shift? Your pieces won't be in place for long. We won't stand idly by. We're a lot stronger than we were before. I don't know if I'm strong enough. But I'm gonna give it everything I got to take you down. Let's see if you can try, or maybe I'll just rip that arm off of yours again. Uh, and everyone roll me initiative. Got a big old nine. I got 12. I got 17. 20. Might actually go first for once. Oh my god. <laughs> I'll give MZ a minute. <laughs> actually, I got 21. Oh no. <laughs> I, got a, I rolled a the trade again. I got a 14. I got <laughs> plus 7 to initiative. So we start off this battle with Emzy. Emzy, you see these ghouls, they've ripped themselves out of the earth, they're shaking dirt off them, they're staring at you, they're wearing very old-looking armor. It seems incredibly dated, as uh, the ghoulish one is getting ready behind them. I'm just gonna, since Borodon's right beside me... Use protection from evil on him? Yep. Damn it, I was gonna use that! Shit! <laughs> Bordon, you feel this energy just float around you, and you can feel this this aura of protection as MZ stretches out his hand towards you. Matthews will have a disadvantage to attack rolls against you, and he can't charm, frighten, or possess you. If he possessed me, I would be like in so much trouble. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Are you going to move anywhere, MZ, or are you going to stay where you are? I'm going to stay where I am for now. Okay. From MC, we go to Ronnie. Uh, okay, I'm going to use uh, Mantle of Inspiration uh, as a bonus action. I'll do this first. So up to six creatures, so that would be all of us, get an extra 11 temp, temporary HP. Uh, yeah, I wish I had thought before coming in here to do that, like, uh, spend a minute listening to... Oh, give him the speech very hard. I mean, you, you'll have a, another big fight coming up in not too long where you could do that. I guess, yeah, depends if we have a rest between or not. I'll just start off small, maybe, and just uh, fire the old magic pistol at one of these uh, ghouls. Not get myself surrounded by a bunch of shit. Yeah. Got a 22 plus proficiency, whatever that is, that probably hits. You definitely hit. Roll me 1d8, just to see what energy type this is. Four. So you fire off this pistol and this acid just like streaks out towards the ghoul. Nine. 
you pull out this pistol, you fire it off, you catch this ghoul in the shoulder, and you hear this sizzling as you're watching this hole start to open, and it looks down a little shocked. His mouth opens up in this hollowed screech. The three ghouls launch themselves forward. They're going to attack you, Ronnie, you, MZ, and you, Kelsar. Uh, Ronnie, what's your AC? 15. I should just get everyone's AC. 15. Bordon, what's your AC? 20. Uh, MZ? 18. Kelsar? Uh, 23. <laughs> 45. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Drax here? Also 23. <laughs> You did this. You made us want to be invulnerable. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I know. I struck fear in my party. <laughs> Ronnie, this one reaches forward. It claws you right across the chest. You take 10 points of damage. And these other ones, they're, they're slashing at you, MZ, and slashing at you, Kelsar. You're managing to hold them back as they're like viciously trying to rip forward. Matthews calmly walks forward a few paces. And he then reaches out a hand, pointing it towards all of you. I need everyone to make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh no. Uh, don't forget, we have aura protection. You get additional plus three for my charisma modifier. For, nice. like, any saving throw? Any saving throw. That's very good, because we'll have a... Yeah, paladins are your best friend. So I rolled 17. 22. Ugh, I got eight. My dwarven legs. Mm-hmm. Got a 17 altogether. I got a 17 as well. So Ronnie is the one who saves. Fuck. Oh, sorry. Everyone who failed, so aka everyone but Ronnie, takes 33 points of damage. Ow. And Ronnie, you take uh, 16. As this fire, just like this hole opens up, you watch as like space is like torn open and you see these stars and everything that are above you and then this fire just starts raining through this hole and most of you are caught off guard Ronnie you barely roll to the side still getting scorched <laughs> shit he just kind of stands there like smiling looking at all of you his lips are cracking and blood is flowing down as his yellow eyes just keep landing on each one of you and then it goes from him to Borodon. Uh, I'm going to use, uh, so it's a brand new spell. It's called uh, Conjure Celestial. So I'm going to conjure uh, Iku. Iku? It's like a shapeshifter that can heal us. It's like pretty strong. It seems like a human, but it, it can bite and constrict and change shape. So it's probably a druid. Okay, it also has to to roll for initiative. Okay. So it got like 15. Okay. It'll start on the next turn. So Bordon, you're holding on to your holy symbol. You start chanting these words. This energy is just radiating through you. And while you're summoning something, because essentially you're pulling something into this realm, right? And you can feel that where you are is... Think of it, it's kind of like a pocket, like a pocket dimension, but it's connected to somewhere else that is so old and powerful. You've never felt anything like this. You've channeled powers from Doomathoin, but it just feels older. And 
you then almost like tear a hole, ripping Iku into this place as this celestial forms uh, standing beside Kelsar, this radiant energy glowing off of them. Yeah, they're looking very wide-eyed, like, just kind of looking around. Oh, hey, hey, sis. And Matthews looks over at them and goes, Ooh, that seems nice. All right, so that spell was in action, and that are you moving anywhere? You have these two ghouls that are right in front of you. I guess it's, like, on that level. Like, uh, like, on that. Oh, your, your mass healing word or cure wounds or something? Yes. Yeah, I guess it's like I'm on a third level. Um, so it's going to be D4 plus my spellcaster. So everybody got 8 HP. Alright, so from Bordon it goes to Kelsar. Okay, I am going to cast Haste on MZ. Make good use of it, buddy. Oh, I will. Yeah, you're moving faster, you're feeling good, your heart rate's a little too high. You just drank a monster. Kelsar, is that a bonus action or an action? It's an action. Okay. Are you just going to hold your ground with this ghoul in front of you? Yeah, I'm just going to hold my ground. And from Kelsar, it goes to Drexier. I'm going to yell like, hey, MZ, help me out. I'm gonna, like, dash forward, head a board on. I'm going to attempt to shove this ghoul in front of MZ into the the orb. Mm. Okay, yeah. Awesome. I'd say... I don't know if MZ can help. I don't think he can at the moment, but you can make an athletics or an acrobatics to try to, like... Tr- I guess it would be an athletics to try to shove this, this ghoul into this orb. Come on, big numbers. That's an 18. This ghoul is in front of you, MZ, and Draxir just, like, charges past, pushes past Bordon, rams this ghoul. It goes sailing into this orb, and there's this flash of light where everyone has to cover their eyes just for a second. You smell the smell of burnt flesh and ghoul, uh, and (laughs) there is no orb left, and there's, like, maybe a foot that's just like sitting on the ground and there's smoke coming off of it. Ah, <laughs> oh, so that's what they do. Nice. <laughs> and then the ghoulish one like looks over at one by him and goes, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's what they do. <laughs> and then with my bonus action, I'll get Uhtred to run up on this ghoul. He'll take the attack opportunity to flank, I guess. Okay. Uh, what's Uhtred's AC? 16, I believe. That's a miss. So this ghoul just like clangs on the side of Uhtred, but Uhtred just sort of like skitters through this stream and gets to the other side of the ghoul, flanking it with Ronnie. Sorry, it's it's actually 15. Does it still miss? I got a 14, so. And then, uh, yeah, Uhtred will take a bite out of this, this one ghoul beside Ronnie. Awesome. That is a 16 to hit. That is a hit. Alright, and it will do 6 piercing and... Five horse damage. So bites into this ghoul, ripping off a chunk of flesh. This old armor just like clangs into the stream, 
And the school is looking down at its side, surprised, looking over at, uh, between Ronnie, who recently just shot him with a pistol, and Uhtred now behind, who took a chunk out of its side. It goes from Drexier back up to Emzy. So Emzy, you have a, a clear path. I do. I'm going to charge him, actually. Is that possible? Definitely. He's standing right at the ledge, so you, you, you could hit him. Okay. And then I'm just going to do uh, three normal attacks on him. And one of them is with that rapier that I have. Oh, the unholy rapier. Yeah, because it's a high hit for me. So that first one is a 22. That hits. Uh, he can do another attack, or did you add that to your attack, MZ? Oh, yeah, you have four attacks because of haste. Oh, really? Yeah, and you have plus two AC and an advantage on dexterity to saving throws. Okay, so my AC is a 20 right now, then? Fuck, we're going all sword art online on this shit. 19 on my on my second attack. That's a miss. Uh, 29. That's a hit. And then, no, that's a miss. So two hits and two misses. So that's 30 points of damage. Nice. You go in swinging. You stab him twice. This rapier is like flicking with your hands, your blade of blood in the other. You manage to pierce through this armor. It's incredibly tough as your blades clanked off it twice already. When this happens, like your last attack, you just plunge it into him and then you go to pull your arm back and make me an acrobatics check. Ooh, I just rolled a one. I'm going to use my feet uh, that I took, that last one that I took. You're lucky this. Yeah, so I get to re-roll that. <laughs> okay. 16. So you stab it into him, you pull your arm back, and your foot slips a little bit, and he reaches out and grabs it while the sword's still inside him. And he just slowly turns his head towards you with this big smile on his face and says, Got ya. And from MZ it goes to Ronnie. Man, I just don't really want to move up because I feel like... You're probably the last person who should move up. <laughs> who should ever move up, I know, right? And I'm also still kind of far away from everyone. Uh, okay, so I'm going to use my bonus action to give... Uhtred. How wait, sorry, how damaged does this, this one ghoul look in front of me? Uh he's looking pretty rough. I'm gonna use my bonus action to give advantage to MC. If he can still hear me from here. Advantage. Oh sorry, not advantage, what I'm saying. Uh inspiration. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, you're good. He's like twenty feet away from you. Yeah, so I'll use inspiration there. And then I might just have to slash at something here. You can still use your pistol. Does that have a limit on how many times I can use it? No, it's magic. I gave it to you to give you a, a good attack because everyone else has something pretty decent to. Has <laughs> something better than better than a rapier. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll just use pistol again. All right. So you're rolling with advantage because you're flanking. Uh, plus five. Okay. Seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, that's a hit. Uh, roll the d8. Got a one. So you do cold damage. Twelve. So you take out this pistol, you just put it up to this ghoul's head, it turns to the side to look at you, and you pull the trigger. And you just get a flashback to that that version of you that you saw before, 
You were looking out that window, you're looking out at your empire, that business Ronnie, as you pull this trigger and just blow the side of this ghoul's head off and it just collapses into the stream. Cool. Nice. So there is a, just a dead ghoul there. Uh, if you, oh, you did your bonus action. You could still move if you want, or? Yeah, I'll probably actually just take a step backwards. Yep. From Ronnie. Uh, MZ, I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. And I get inspiration from Ronnie? Yeah, you can add whatever inspiration die it is that Ronnie has now. Yeah, d10. I roll my d20 and a d10. Nice. Holy shit. 26. <laughs> you take uh, 25 points of damage, necrotic damage. So that's half. As he's like gripping down onto your arm, and you just watch as your flesh is turning black around where his like gnarled hand is grabbed onto you. You're a strong one, aren't you? The line of Gith runs strong in your blood. And so from Ronnie, it goes to... Oh, his turn. Didn't you just have an action? That's a legendary move. <laughs> so the last ghoul that's looking between Draxir and Kelsar and just realizing, fuck it, it's the same thing, swings at Kelsar. Natural 20, baby! Oh, goodness. Oh, shit. All right, Kelsar, so you take 22 points of damage as... You move your shield, and then the, the ghoul was anticipating you to move your shield there, leaving your one side open, and it brings its claw up, and it just stabs right through your armor and pulls out your blood dripping on down to the ground. Ah, you fucker! And it just smiles at you. And the ghoulish one, who's all alone with MZ, is uh, waiting up there. Let's see what he can do here. It sounded like it might have been a Bill Worth song. <laughs> it, he lets go of your arm, MZ, as you pull it back. That necrotic flesh, like you see your flesh is just black when this handprint on you. And then, like, just as you're looking up, you see this mace coming your way. And your AC is now at 20. Let's see what he can do. That is a miss. He actually missed by one, so <laughs> you can thank Kelsar for that one. Alright, so this mace comes down towards you. You take 19 points of damage as it crunches down on your shoulder. He rips it away and he tries to swing again, but you stumble backwards. And this this black energy, you realize it's like a almost like a necrotic flame that's rippling around it. Like, it used to be a holy flame, but this weapon has just been corrupted so deeply. And he's just like having fun. He's laughing and as he's swinging this thing at you... It looks like all your friends are back there. Then it goes from the ghoulish one to Borodon. What's 30 feet from me? The ghoulish one is within 30 feet. Oh, is he? <laughs> is he? Seriously? Yeah. So, as, as always, Lucas, I just crack my knuckles and then I summon a spirit gardens, but... I summon it, uh, like, on a uh, fifth level, so it adds uh, 1d8 per level. Don't forget, you you also have that ring from way back when, so you could go up, like, this little stream like a, like a salmon. Little migrating board on. <laughs> I have to lay my egg. <laughs> <laughs> 
the board on as a memory. <laughs> it hatches and you just hear beep, 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 beep. Burn those spell slots. Let's see action. I mean, it's it's radiant damage, so the ghoulish one is probably pretty fucked. So I do that. And I also cast Mass Healing Word again. So everybody heals like 6 HP. It goes from Borodon to Iku, but before that happens, Kelsar, make me a constitution saving throw. I got 25. Kelsar, you watch as the ghoulish one, like just as Borodon finished casting his spell, his stand appears around him, this giant diamond dwarf that's flying in the sky. You look over and you meet eyes of the ghoulish one and he smiles and he, he does that Jack Nicholson nod at you. That yes. And then you're like, what the fuck? And as you suddenly start coughing up blood and you take 25 points of damage. <laughs> I mean, that's so much bullshit. He, he, like, he has his turn and he has like turns on our turns i'm sorry you walked into the thunderdome not the little bitch dome it's time you know you're stepping in you're getting ready and you're here to kill my bad guys <laughs> yeah we're gonna do it Bordon, it is your iku's turn can, can i touch uh mz from here yeah okay so that's what i do your celestial flies through the air landing down near mz reaching a hand out iku uh heals uh, mz Four, let's see. Four, six. I'll take it. From Eku, it goes to Kelsar. Kelsar, this ghoul is in your face. And it also just slashed your side. I am going to channel my divine energy into my hand, and I'm going to grab his face and then, like, fire it all into his head. So that's your proficiency plus your charisma. 24. So I'll let you do 3d8 radiant damage plus your charisma. 13. Okay. So you reach out, grab this thing's head, and like... <laughs> Take this, payback, you son of a bitch! This light just like emits from its face as it stumbles back. Ha! It's still alive, but it's looking pretty rough as its face is just smoldering with this hand mark on it. And it's just, it's kind of stumbling around. Do you have anything else you want to do? Mm, I do not. So you, yeah, you burn this ghoul, and now it's looking really rough. It goes from Kalsar to Draxir. Okay, so you said Matthews was wearing armor, right? Yep. Is it clearly made out of metal? It appears to be. All right. <laughs> I'm going to cast my uh, my level four eat metal on Matthews. I love it. That's great. <laughs> I knew it. As soon as you asked what armor he's wearing, I knew what you were going to do. Yeah, same. So, is there a saving throw, or he's just taking pain? He takes the damage. Let's see. This is worded a little weirdly, though. If a creature is holding or wearing the object and takes the damage from it, the creature must succeed on a constitution saving throw or drop the object if it can. Well, it can't. Yeah, it seems like as long as he's in contact with it, he just takes damage. Okay. And he'll get disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks as long as he uh, has it on him as well, or doesn't succeed a constitution saving throw. Mmm. That does 15 fire damage. So you're smelling some cooking. You uh, get a good whiff as 
Matthews lifts up his arm and he smells underneath it as like smoke is coming off him and goes, Sorry, is that me? Alright, so in question, another question. Uh, Uhtred is a move speed of 40, so would Uhtred be able to scale the ledge and like flank? I guess it wouldn't be a flank because MZ's like grabbed, but. Well, no, MZ's not grabbed anymore, but yeah, it would. Okay, so I would use my bonus action to move Uhtred there and have Uhtred uh, bite at Matthews. Okay. That is a 17 to hit. That is a miss. All right. Bites down onto the burning metals and it just like kind of skitters away as Uhtred just isn't able to get through Matthew's armor. And from Draxir, it goes back to Enzi. I'm going to cast a Planar Warrior on myself. Mm-hmm. And then attack him. Okay. Yeah, haste only lasts for a minute. A minute's a lot of time. Kelsar, I need you to make me a concentration check to make sure you can hold on to that spell because you took a fuck ton of damage. I got a one. So the spell you were holding on MZ, so MZ, you, you feel yourself, you're moving quick and everything, and it slowly just starts fading and you're back down to your, your regular speed. Okay. You cast Planar Warrior on yourself and this energy starts flowing around you. 22. 22's a hit. 23. That's a hit. And 23 again. Will that damage? You ready for lots of damage? I am. 72 points of damage to him. Fuck. God damn. So you fuck this creature up. You just start swinging because your life actually depends on it. Like pieces of his armor are going flying. As you're just stabbing and slashing into this person. And he's smiling the entire way as his eyes are growing wider. MZ, your passive perception is so unbelievably high, you pick this up right away. As you're cutting him, you see on his face, his skin is starting to split. Because it always Uh looked incredibly tight. And you see, like, this purplish-grayish skin underneath. And you just see his smile is growing wider and wider as you're cutting at him. As you do your last slash... He snaps his fingers, and we're done. Do a wisdom saving throw for me. It's 24 in total. So you're not sickened, and you don't take any damage. But one moment, you're standing with Draxir and Kelsar, uh, trying to deal with this ghoul. And the next minute, you're looking at Emzy, whose eyes are wide, and he's covered in blood. And you're staring back at him. And the ghoulish one is looking at Kelsar. What's up? He's like, Kelsar, there you are, old boy. What the hell? It goes from MZ to Ronnie. What I'm going to do, I think I can use this mantle of inspiration as long as I have inspiration. As long as I have inspiration points left, I don't think it's limited. Well, you can keep pumping it up. I will say I wouldn't be sad if you swap places with Uhtred. Oh, yeah, I forgot Ronnie has that ability as well. I can. Uh, I just want to do, th- uh, this is a bonus action, and this might help everyone because... So, Mantle of Inspiration, uh, you get that 11 temporary HP. You can also move... Every creature that gets it can also move up to its speed without provoking opportunity attacks. So, I don't know if anyone else actually wants to rearrange where they are, but we could all just kind of... Everyone could do the the Tea Party change places right now. (laughs) (laughs) You all can use your reactions to move. If you want to. I, I guess I won't... Can I check? Does anyone actually want to move where they are other than Uhtred? Yeah, I want to move. I want to, to just get a little bit closer. Like the Spirit Garden. Yeah. Um, it would hit both 
uh, the ghoulish one yeah. and like the like the ghoul. Okay, so yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll use this. I'll use this. I'll take another inspiration point. Uh, everyone gets another eleven temp HP. And everyone can move their characters. So Ronnie, you use this mantle of inspiration. This energy flows over everyone, and they they feel uh, you you get like this rush of energy and. Ronnie, you quickly bolt out of that area, moving towards where MZ is and the ghoulish one used to be. Gordon, you move a little bit closer uh, towards the ghoulish one, and Draxir, you move uh, back to where this creek is, uh, trying to just put some distance between you and this creature. Kelsar, you are standing there now with the ghoul on one side of you and the ghoulish one in front of you. And Ronnie, what would you like to do? Is Uhtred moving there, Jason? Uhtred's weird because Uhtred moves on my bonus action. I don't know if uh, it would get to move or not. If Uhtred gets a reaction, uh, like, does Uhtred get attack of opportunities? Yes, actually. Then Uhtred could use the reaction to move. Okay, Uhtred's going to go melee form if possible. Oh, then you're good. Then I will aim at uh, the old ghoulish one. Alright, roll a hit. 22. That's a hit. Roll a d8. I got a 1 again. Old. Oh no! It's gonna it's gonna cool down his armor. Sixteen. Oh, perfect. Got a perfect hit there. You shoot this off, and this this cold blast hits him. There's like this wave of steam that quickly like billows out from his back, as he's just like. <laughs> you got the icy got the icy hot patch. <laughs> I was about to say that too. <laughs> The soreness of his muscles is instantly relieved. I see to dull the pain, hot to relax it away. Icy hot. Draxir, does he take damage on his turn or your turn? Takes damage again if I use a bonus action to like flare it up. Oh, okay. This metal is just burning on him, and he looks at you, Kalsar, and like Uhtred's just like jumping behind him and everything, and he's looking a little annoyed at it. So first, Kalsar, make me either an athletics or an acrobatics check. I got 25. 25. So you go, and like, Matthews goes to grab your shoulder, and you go to try to slip out, but his, like, his hand is, like, the nails are dug right into your shoulder, like, your pauldron. You can't get away from him as he's oh, looking at you. Wait, I, I still didn't make it? You did not. That's so much Holy bullshit. shit! Jesus Christ. That's why I said, ooh, because I rolled a 19 on the dice. Jesus Christ. Make me a constitution saving throw. I got 15. Take 45 points of damage. As Matthews grabs onto you, you feel this energy just like tearing through you. <laughs> You're all watching as Kalsar is bleeding out of his <laughs> eyes, his nose, you. his mouth, his ears. <laughs> He looks over at Uhtred while he's still holding on to Kelsar. And he's rolling at disadvantage because of the heat metal. So, is, is it like his turn? Yeah, it's his turn right now. Okay, can I roll, like, the, the Spirit Garden damage, please? Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. You got a 22. A 10.5. You go, and your Spirit Guardian starts just wailing on him, and it's punching him in the face while he's holding on to Kalsar and hitting Uhtred. 
He looks up and you all can see like the skin is like falling off in chunks. This grayish flesh is underneath and it like this mouth, it's way too big for the head. It's like encapsulating most of the lower area as something far, far bigger is underneath that flesh suit of Solomon Matthews that he's wearing. And it has a wide smile and serrated teeth as the bones are cracking inside of it. And let's see who is close to it. So Uhtred and Kelsar and this little ghoul all need to make dexterity saving throws. Oh, shit. Uhtred got uh, 12. 18. So Kelsar, you just take three points of damage. Uhtred takes uh, six as you are both pushed back 10 feet. This ghoul goes flying into the orb, sizzling into nothingness. And you watch as this creature rips out of Matthew's flesh. The hands start smashing through this armor. The like these pieces of flesh are going flying. The armor is falling down to the ground. The skin is splitting. This roar erupts as this creature is at least looking around 12 feet tall it's pulling itself out of him it has no eyes it has this large gaping maw its ears are like melded into its skull it looks around and smiling at everyone its hands ending in these claws it's just like this powerful massive creature covered in scars the holy armor of Lathander is shattered and tossed everywhere. The mace sinks down onto the ground, the flames going out, and the holy symbol he always had around his neck of Lathander finally drops down onto the ground, the holy light dying from it. going over there, Garlics? Uh, it's going alright, it's just... Uh, a little difficult. I didn't expect there to be this many ghouls. Should always expect... Unreal amount of enemies... When dealing with these kind of things. Right. Yeah, I guess so. I've just been kind of hitting the books for so long, I haven't really been on the field since I found Death Shift. Oh, that was quite fine you had there. Yeah, I guess so. So, what's it like having a god in your head? I don't know. A lot, I suppose. Overwhelming. I feel like my head's gonna explode sometimes when I pull in the ideas of powers. I can't imagine what this was doing to Kelsar, and Kelsar had it for so much longer, going through such harrowing trials. Another wave. Got it. To your left. Janiel behind Sorry, I... Uh, that's okay. <laughs> Not as bad as it looks, right? No, 
is terrible. You have the spine sticking right through your abdomen. I... I'm out of healing magics. Oh. I see. Um... Oh. Garlics, do you have another life? No. I'm afraid I'm on the last one. Haha. <laughs> uh... Oh. I'm... I didn't want to die. I... I made it to the end, though. I made it... I'm, I'm here, I'm at the end. We're, win we're winning. I'm sorry. Garlux, the wound is too much. You won't be able to heal from this one. You're bleeding out. You've already lost a lot of blood. No. No, that's not fair. I'm near the end, though. We're... I should be able to make it. Sorry. Is there anything you can do? Anything? Maybe. Maybe you can go find a cleric. Maybe you can. You can. What are you doing? You're going to turn. No, please, no, please, no, please, no, please. Please. Maybe, maybe we can find, maybe we can find some healing potions. Maybe someone dropped one. Maybe there's a dead soldier and there's a healing potion. There isn't. Please, you haven't even looked. You didn't even, you didn't even try looking. Wait! I'm sorry, Garlics. I'm sorry. Travelers, I'm feeling a lot better now. That was, oh my goodness, that was rough. But, yes, they are in the thick of it, fighting against the ghoulish one. This is getting intense. We're getting near the end, Travelers. I never keep saying that, but I really do mean it. Things are going to go down, and hopefully our dear Death Shift can see it through, and we don't lose anyone. A lot of them are on their final life, and, well... Any of them could perish at any moment. If you'd like to help support the show, then head on over to our Patreon. It helps us fund all of our things, such as hosting, music, sound effects, artwork, all the jazz that we use. So head on over there, patreon.com slash ballad7dice. And we also have a store if you want some wonderful ballad merch. 
head on over to our Threadless store. You can just search up Threadless, Barrel of the Seven Dice, and it'll pop right up. We have some wonderful shirt designs there. And, of course, if you'd like to help us fight the ways of the algorithm, then head on over and leave us some of those reviews. They help us out a lot, boost us up there, and uh, it really makes a difference. And helps motivate us as well, because it shows that people are listening, so... Alright, travelers. I do hope you're enjoying the tale. It's really getting intense. I'm gonna go lie down because I finally don't have to hold a portal open for so long. I bid you all adieu.